are listening to Terrifying Travels. I am Sabrina. And I'm going to be taking you on a day trip back to Iceland. I was originally going to cover Bugs Marone from my Chicago episode so we can get the other side of the St. Valentine's Day murders. However, if we're going to be covering two cases for Chicago, I thought maybe that'd be three cases would be a bit much. So I thought I'd show Iceland some love. I'd also like to point out that this is actually my, I think this is my first recent murder case. Um, it was actually really hard to do, so bear with me. I did tear up a little bit while I was writing my script. If I have to go and drink some tea for a bit, just forgive me. So I would like to be covering the case of Birna. Birna was a 20-year-old woman who had grown up in a suburb of Reykjavik. She sounds like someone I would have loved, to be honest. She had a great sense of humor, loved any type of music, and loved to drive, which is great because I'm a really nervous driver, so we would have been like two peas in a pod. However, Birna did something that I would never do. She went out in winter. I guess if you grew up with it, it's not that bad. So that's what her and her friends were doing the night of Friday the 13th, January 2017. She was having a great time when her friends decided to leave around 2 a.m. But Birna wasn't done, so she told them, don't worry, she would find her own way home. Now, speaking from personal experience, this is never a good idea. Please go home with the friends you came with. Uh, but you gotta remember, Iceland was a has a very small community. Um, they're very, it's a very safe country as well. So I can understand how she felt like, it's fine, I'll just walk home. She ended up leaving slightly before closing, around 5 a.m., and was walking down a well-lit street. Uh, I, I know I can't pronounce the name, but it seems to be like the well-known main street in town, actually. And it was pretty well-lit um, from all the storefronts lining it. She was just going to walk home, which wasn't uncommon. I can also relate to this. When, I, when you come from a small community, you gain a sometimes false sense of security. You know everyone, and so nothing bad can happen to you. Plus, it was only 9 degrees Celsius, and I can't believe that I'm saying only. I've been in Canada long enough that I think 9 degrees is, you know, it's a fair time. You can walk home. One source described her outfit, and I'm just going to straight up quote uh, the Guardian on this because it's really cute. She wore Doc Martin boots, the regular black ones, not her knee-high pair with the glow-in-the-dark skeleton foot on the side, black jeans, and a dark gray sweater and black hoodie draped over her shoulders. Her hair hung loose and a pair of white earbuds dangled around her neck. Like, that sounds really cozy and cute, and I love the knee-high uh, Doc Martens. I actually don't own a pair. But if I did, this would be super cute. Witnesses report that she was drunk, stumbling around a little, and dropping coins. However, that was the last anyone saw of her. When Birna didn't show up for work the next morning, her co-worker and close friend Maria immediately knew something was wrong. She called her phone, and it was off, which sent massive red flags up. Same, my phone is always on silent, but it is never off. I actually don't know how to turn uh, my iPhone off. So, Maria contacted the girls Birna went out with and her parents, and no one knew where she was. Everyone assumed that she was with the other person. This was not like Birna, who always let people know where she was going. Birna's parents reported her missing to the police and made a post on Facebook. Being a small community, it was quickly shared thousands of times, but Birna didn't, didn't contact her family. And if she was okay, she would have at least seen the post or bumped into someone who had. Birna's mum stayed up all night contacting the police multiple times to see if anyone had heard anything. 
Around 9 a.m. Sunday, Sunday, the police did have some information. The last signal Birna's phone made was around 5.50 a.m. in a port town about six miles south of Reykjavik. Immediately, her friends and family drove out and started asking around if anyone had seen her. We have heard the story too often. She was an adult, and there is no evidence of foul play, so the police did not send out a search party yet. She had been missing for 36 hours, and it was winter in Iceland, so daylight was short. Luckily, a story like this spreads fast, and the two main media stations picked up the story to help spread awareness. Iceland is one of, if not the safest country on earth, so something like this affected the whole country, and everyone was not only watching, but willing to offer any help they could. But the police were confident that she was just sleeping off a hangover at a friend's house. As I've said, Iceland is super safe, so they didn't have a lot of cameras around either. The police were able to piece a little together. They saw her on one camera, as a witness had described her, but she vanished on the next. This left only two options. She went down a side street they didn't have cameras on, or she got into a car in the blind spot. They did see a red Kia Rio pass the camera about 30 seconds after Birna did, and they were hopeful that this car could help, but the footage was too grainy, and when they did did a check, they found over... 100 similar cars in the area. Sunday night, Birna's parents arrived at the police station and demanded action be taken. Birna had absolutely no reason to run away, and if it were a hangover, she would have contacted someone by now. Something is not okay. Monday afternoon, the police decided the best thing to do was to hold a press conference, hoping the close-knit community would be able to help. Birna's mom agreed to join and described her daughter as a people person. She would have absolutely have stopped to help Taurus as she loved to speak English, and she had recently joined Tinder after her and her boyfriend broke up. They also started a search, which involved Iceland's professional search and rescue team. Lost people weren't uncommon given Iceland's unique landscape. Later that night, there was a breakthrough. Two brothers in their 20s decided to search the area Birna's phone last pinged. While in an area that sounds like a lot of people don't go to, there are three large oil tanks, and that kind of sounds like it was close to the public, they discovered a pair of black boots. They needed to Google what Doc Martens were, and they these were, in fact, Doc Martens. They posted the picture to Facebook, and the police quickly arrived on the scene. They believed the boots were Birna's, so while divers started searching the water, the police checked the security footage. Here we have our first big break. They saw the red Kia enter the harbor just after 6 a.m. and parked next to a fishing trawler from Greenland. A man got out, stumbled onto the boat, and the car drove away. The license plate was legible this time, and it was a rental. The company said that it had been rented by 25-year-old Thomas Moeller Olson, who had been from Greenland and worked on the fishing trawler. They said the car had, or had been returned Saturday afternoon and had already been rented up to a family. The young son complained it smelled like cleaning chemicals, though. The police got what DNA they could out of it and sent it, sent that and Birna's DNA to Sweden for testing. They also wanted to find Thomas. However, the boat had headed back to Greenland Saturday afternoon, and they were days behind him. Now, off the coast of Greenland, Thomas Moeller and his his unrelated co-worker, Nikolai Olsen, seemed completely fine, according to their crew members on board, until Thomas received a message from an Icelandic reporter who heard he was involved and reached out to get any insider information. Thomas surprisingly went to his captain about this, and he was told if he has nothing to worry about, then why worry, and was given some sedatives. 
This was a difficult situation for the Icelandic police, though, as their sex suspect was from another country and currently in their own country. They didn't have any jurisdiction, but the longer they waited, the more time Thomas had to destroy evidence. They took the helicopter, they took a helicopter, out to a Danish warship. Greenland is a territory of Denmark. From there, they were going to go to Greenland Police. I don't know what you call people from Greenland. So Greenland's police, and ask for them to make the arrest. However, they got really lucky. The captain had heard that this his ship was involved and turned the boat around. Like he said to Thomas, if you have nothing to worry about, why worry? However, the captain didn't really believe that. Him and his senior crew agreed to tell Thomas and Nikolai that something was wrong with the engines they had to turn back. They also turned off the Wi-Fi so that the men could not get any news updates. Iceland does not have special forces, but it does have an elite counter-terror unit within the police called the Viking Gasvaten. Yeah, or Viking Squad, which is your awesome fun fact for the week. This Viking Squad took a helicopter out to meet the boat and rappelled down to them, where they arrested the two men and confined them to their cabin for the next 12 hours until they reached Iceland. Now, not to romanticize this tragic story, but that sounds kind of dope. This case was particularly scary in a place like Iceland, where everyone had always felt so safe, and that was suddenly taken away from them. Having it be an outsider complicated is it as well. Do people feel better that it's not one of their own? Or worse, that an outsider managed to hurt one of their own? In general, the community seemed really helpful and caring. The local TV station even postponed airing a TV show about a missing girl out of respect. However, people trying to take, or people trying to help isn't always helpful. There were rumors that a body had been found in a lake, which was not true. Regardless, when the ship docked in Iceland, there was a wave of relief. Hopefully the men who have hurt one of their own have been caught. The police started questioning the, the men as soon as possible. The, the DNA had come back as a match to Birna's, but both men who were questioned separately had the same story and denied hurting her. So the story goes, on Friday, Nikolai took a taxi into the city with some of his other crew members. Later that evening, Thomas rented the red Kia and drove out to meet him. Nikolai was already drunk by then, so they went to one other bar and then headed back to the ship. At some point, two women got into the car, but Nikolai was in and out of consciousness and doesn't recall much of them. Thomas dropped Nikolai off at the boat, as we saw on the camera, and parked somewhere else with the woman. About an hour later, he dropped off the, the two women off at a roundabout, then went back to the ship. Nikolai was visibly drunk on the camera footage, so the police accepted he may not remember much. But Thomas's story didn't add up. His car was seen leaving the harbor around 7 a.m., and he isn't seen again until 11. He claims that he slept in his car, but the odometer suggests that he took a fairly long drive before that nap. He is also seen on a store's camera buying Ajax, clothes, and plastic bags, then scrubbing the car. He claimed he was cleaning vomit out of the car. As well as he thought he had cleaned, a luminal test showed a lot of blood had been in the car. An officer would later testify that it, quote, lit up. He also had scratches on his chest, and Birna's driver's license was found in the trash on board the ship. A week after she went missing, January 21st, Iceland's largest search party in history went out to try to find Birna. The project manager from one of the teams said, Today she is our sister, our daughter. That became the mantra. We don't live in a society where we tolerate a 20-year-old woman being abducted in the night. The search found nothing. The next day, a Coast Guard helicopter was flying low over the, a, des a deserted stretch of coastline where he found Bjarne's body near the shore. 
Memorials were held in Iceland, Greenland, and Denmark. Birna's funeral was held at the largest church in the country, and a song was played that she had introduced her mother to only a few months before. The lyrics say, If you must die, sweetheart, die knowing your life was my life's best part. The Guardian reports, Though Birna was found naked, there was no evidence of sexual assault. She had been struck in the face and strangled. At the harbor, police believe when Thomas had seen was seen on camera entering the back of the car before his phone was turned off and he drove away from the port. But she was alive when she was put into the water. The autopsy revealed the cause of death was drowning. The police had cleared Nikolai and released him, but they were firm that they had their man with Thomas. He stuck to his innocence through nine police interviews. Police were still unsure as to why Birna got into his car and why he killed her, and unfortunately, I never found any answers for that. He was charged with murder on March 30th, uh, 2017, and his trial began in August. He surprised everyone by changing his story completely at trial. He had stepped out of the car at the street Birna was last seen on to pee. While he was out, Bjarna just crawled into the car, and her and Nikolai drove away. Nikolai was gone for a while, then returned without Bjarna. This didn't make a difference, though. A month later, he was sentenced to 19 years in prison. Iceland has changed a little after this. They are still friendly and welcoming to foreigners, but there are more cameras now. Young women have been affected the most. They now worry about each other and feel they need to be more cautious when they go out. There was a Facebook-based rideshare group developed before Birna died. Since then, a women's only group has also developed. Birna's mum asked for one thing. We don't refer to this case as Birna's case. She doesn't want Birna remembered that way. She was a fun, loving girl, not different than most of us, and probably would have been any of our friends had we known her. So that is my case. Um, not Birna's case, the case of shitty Thomas Olsen. I never found any reason as to why he did it. I know he did try to go for appeal, but nothing has come of that. Yeah, I hope he spends quite a while in prison. And I don't think Birna's mom wants to really know why. She seemed to want nothing to do with the case anymore. She wants to remember Birna as she was. Um, she doesn't want a yearly memorial or anything. She wants to let the end of Birna's life rest and remember all the amazing memories she has with Birna. So that is it for my case. Um, I don't know what to say. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was good listening. I'm sorry I stuttered a lot. But thank you for listening. Um, as I always say, Maddie is better at this. Like, rate, subscribe, uh, whatever you want. Just thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Stay terrified. Bye.